The following production is part of the Play Some Video Games Podcast Network. Welcome to Board with Video Games, the gaming podcast that strives for the right balance of coverage for games you play on your table and on your television. We're a proud member of the PSVG Podcast Network and thrilled to be part of the Dice Tower Network as well. I am one of your hosts, Kyle Hyman, and joining me on this co-op adventure, the guy who can be my cult leader any day, Josh Borboni. How are you doing this evening? Hey, I'm good. I'm good. I, I actually once... Oh, I shouldn't say this because that sounds bad. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, I won't say it. Uh, I'm happy to be your cult leader today. <laughs> and well, just I, think the story I was going to tell kind of revolved around that. Well, that is now I am very intrigued. Okay, listeners, I still need to let you know. <laughs> We're I am having technical issues up the wazoo tonight. Things are breaking. Things are and it's driving me a bit batty. So. If at any point I feel like it seems like I am off the edge or something, uh, I apologize because I am just getting. (laughs) Yeah, right now for me, it looks like you're taking the longest sip of tea or coffee ever. I know, right? It's just frozen in time. I don't understand what's going on (laughs) with my setup today. This is why computers should just never get updated because once they update. (laughs) Well, but once they update, they break everything. I don't understand. Like everything was fine. (laughs) And now everything's not fine and nothing works like it's supposed to or used to. I don't get it. This is going to be one of those last episodes, I bet. It could be. (laughs) We'll have to wait and see. Uh, We'll have to wait and see. But yeah, so obviously, you know, uh, (laughs) cults are a fascinating thing, though, aren't they, Josh? Uh, Yes, uh, they are very fascinating. Uh, uh, (laughs) I've watched plenty, many a documentary on it, trying to understand well, how these things happen, and it is very fascinating. So, <laughs> I promise this next this next question is going to sound really bad, but I don't mean it. To it you. is going to sound bad, probably. <laughs> no, it's because it is bad. So, Josh, if you were in a cult, oh, okay, I thought it was going to be your pregame question. <laughs> oh no, no, that's coming up next. So, if you were in a cult, Josh, would you want to be a cult member or a cult leader? Oh boy, what a question! <laughs> Can I pick neither? <laughs> nope, you got to pick one of them. Uh, I guess the leader, because they're the ones who have all the fun, but I wouldn't want to be either. <laughs> <laughs> so I think uh, Creed from The Office summed up the thoughts on cults pretty good. Um, you have more fun as a follower, but you make more money as a leader. I think it's, like his, his thought is something similar to that. So I just kind of sure. got to decide, like, what phase of my life am I in? Am I in the phase of my life where I want to have more fun? Or am I in the phase of my life where I want to make more money? And right now, I don't really have a great answer for that. <laughs> oh, so how do you do both? Can you be like, uh, like the associate leader of the cult or something? Is that a thing? No, like, if you make me pick do? one, you have to pick one. Okay, <laughs> well, I guess. Works. I guess if I was going to pick one, I would want to be the leader because then I could pick what we were. <laughs> I could pick like what our uh, commitments were and like what we were our thoughts and. 
beliefs and feelings on things were. So that way, if I ever want to change them, I could still do that. Because sure. if you're a follower, you don't really get the choice, right? You have to just kind of follow or leave, I guess, if they let you do that, depending on the culture. Oh, so, I want to be a follower I, so I can leave. <laughs> you can't leave. Can. Who you knows can't if you leave can. if you're the leader. <laughs> It's like Forrest Gump when he's just running and he's like, all right, I'm just done. I'm going to go home. And everyone yeah. else is like, what do we do now? <laughs> so. I'm ch- yeah, I'm changing to a follower. Thank you for you. You convinced me to change my mind. So I have well, a way Does that out. make me your cult leader then? I mean, only temporarily because I'm going to leave. <laughs> gotcha. okay. okay. So that's obviously a, not even a veiled reference. It is just a reference to the fact we'll be talking about Cult of the Lamb later. Yes. Uh, but our actual pregame... <laughs> topic this week josh uh i went in discord on i think it was friday afternoon yeah Yeah. and i had a tag from uh donnie and i read that what donnie had tagged me in and i had to reread it like four times because i was like what uh but anyway uh you may or may not know listener i'm a big long-term long time uh, i tagged you you butthead (laughs) oh donnie had taken me earlier Oh. You take me on Twitter. <laughs> Donnie had taken me into Discord like earlier in the day. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> but I appreciate you calling me out on it. Yeah, you're darn right I will. <laughs> so, but yeah, you also did take me on Twitter. That is true. Okay, thank you. Thank um, you for the acknowledgement. No, no problem. No problem. <laughs> uh, so uh, Michelle Branch was arrested uh, for domestic assault. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a Michelle Branch stan from way back. I've always been a big fan. And then you find out that the reason she was arrested for domestic assault is that she found out her husband uh, was cheating on her with his manager while she was at home taking care of their six-month-old child. So, Josh, I just have to ask the question. (laughs) Is it okay in Michelle Branch's situation to slap your husband in that when you find out that happens? is Is it okay for her to have slapped him? Well, I don't like to encourage domestic abuse of any kind. Agreed. I, I will say 100% of that. I agree 100% there. But he could have done a lot less things to still deserve a slap. So, yeah, I think that you can slap your husband if he's cheating on you, <laughs> regardless of if you have children or not. True. That's like that. Like That's like, that's like the, I don't want to say the icing on the cake because that makes it sound like a good thing. But that is like kind of like what pushes this over the edge, right? Not only. If she killed him, I would forgive her. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, I don't want to encourage. So, Josh, not in on domestic violence. Okay with murder. Well, I said domestic abuse to be clear. Domestic abuse. Sorry. <laughs> and okay. uh, murder, uh, I think forfeits domestic abuse because it's just murder. Yeah, homicide. <laughs> wow. Okay. So, Josh- listen. If for anyone who has a kid, they know. <laughs> if you were stuck at home taking care of a crying six-month-old and your significant other was out there cheating on you. With someone they work closely with, even, yeah. I mean, you you're probably gonna go to jail, but like, I I would understand. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying I condone it, but I understand. Would I do it? No way, no. But I get it. <laughs> yeah, I just I I again, we don't encourage violence in these situations yeah. in general. But I guess I could probably understand how she might have some very significant feelings that would result in uh her lashing out in this way well i gotta say it's it's pretty interesting once you know the details of the case to know that man 
cheats on wife. All right, listeners. So <laughs> technical issues. Well, you know, those technical issues <laughs> happened in the middle of Josh <laughs> about whether or not it's about how it's okay to murder someone if they cheat on you, basically. Yes. Uh, so, <laughs> and you yeah. on, uh, you know, going over that line and, and stepping out to, you know, not necessarily murder, we'll say, but. I mean, are you surprised by this story? Like, you know, yeah. So I'll clarify. So, yes, we we take it generically, which I thought was interesting. If you take it generically, you take Michelle Branch out of it. Uh, a guy cheated on his wife, who was at home taking care of their child, with his manager. She finds out. She slaps him. He calls the police on her. Yes. Not not a great look for this guy. Yeah. And she and her mugshot looks like she got hit too. So I'm hoping that she presses some charges as well. Well, she she does have a birthmark like on her eye. Like oh, I thought I saw a cut lip too. Was it just the eye? I don't know. I'm not gonna go back and look at the mugshot. <laughs> yeah, it's not yeah, it's not from but she does have a birthmark on her eye. Um Okay. Well but hopefully if he hit her, he's going to jail too. Yeah, so <laughs> But it sounds like well, I don't want to say more. <laughs> yeah, her husband being Patrick Carney of the Black Keys, uh, the drummer for the Black Keys. Uh, I think, though, that the um, most unique part of this whole situation, and you can say whether this is right or wrong, whether people should dare that, you know, air their dirty laundry like this. The fact that Michelle Branch on social media said who specifically he cheated with. Oh, good for her. <laughs> um, saying like, hey, he cheated with his manager. Name that like gave her name. Yeah. Um, and then people like, there's this one like tweet thread out there being like, Hey, so is Zoe's the most popular girl in our class. It's going to make our 10th year high school reunion in a couple weeks. Really <laughs> interesting. Awesome. Good. I, I actually, I do encourage that. Uh, that's good. I like that people shouldn't be afraid to, uh, name people in situations like that because it makes people second guess doing things like that. Second, wait, it makes them second guess like cheating. Yeah, like okay. the consequences, the consequences okay. of what their actions are. Like, oh my God, this person might find out and tell everybody. I won't do yeah. it now. You know, some people need that that extra consequence. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I just can't. And I posted this in the in the, in the Discord. Like, I can't imagine being the police showing up and being like, "Hi, why why were we called? Well, my wife slapped me. Okay, do you have any idea why she might have slapped you? Well, she just found out I was cheating on her." While she was staying home with our baby. And, and the, the cops slaps him. And, <laughs> well, I just can picture the police looking at him being him being like, I was slapped. Like there have been photos taken of it. There's like no like visible physical damage to him. Yeah. And then being like, Are you sure? Are you sure you <laughs> want to do this? Now I say all that being that it is very, very challenging for a man who is in an abusive relationship to be able to seek help like that. Because Often these are the jokes sure. that the jokes are making now that are made. Like so, and I'm not saying that she, this has been a long term abusive relationship or anything like that. I have a, I guess, I'm guessing that this is the result of all of the things that happen in this situation. But our jokes and our reactions, which I'm guilty of right now too, are the reasons why men who are actually in abusive relationships often do not say anything. Right. So, so that's uh, this is where you know that idea of like, hey, I have a whole lot of feelings on this. Which ones am I letting let uh, w- letting win out? Uh, I don't know, man. Like, he's not in an abusive relationship. <laughs> I mean, probably not, right? The, I assume not. The, 
he got slapped and he deserved more than a slap. <laughs> I, I, I understand that. Yeah. But I'm saying the jokes we were making about the slap yes. are why people who are actually in abusive relationships don't. Sure. Uh, to, to a degree. Out. Sure. If you're in an abusive relationship, say something. Don't worry about any jokes. Well, easy uh, to say. I know it is, but I'm not. Well, okay. You gotta, you gotta say something, and that goes to anybody. You, you right. can't worry about what other people are gonna think because ultimately, you are the one who suffers the most. And right. yes, we are making jokes about this bad man who got slapped by his probably good wife uh, because he was a bad man. And it's true. I might slap him if I see him. Maybe I'll slap him. <laughs> this is for Michelle. <laughs> I am. Uh, but the reason that this is all swimming in my mind, too, is that over the last week, a situation that is monumentally messed up happened in the Overwatch community. I don't know if you've heard about this. I'm guessing probably not. No, okay. <laughs> no I haven't. So there's an Overwatch uh, streamer and content creator that goes by SVB. Um, very, I mean, he's big enough that like streaming is his entire, like, but that's what he does. Um, that he's a content creator. Like that is okay. his thing. Is this a Twitter um, story? This is a Twitter oh, story. I didn't yeah. know about this. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So basically what happened is that someone posted a tweet that was a twit longer that basically was like, Hey, um, I'm coming out to say that, you know, and accusing SVB of grooming and pedophilia for trying to, like, you know, get, like, pictures and things like that of me, who I'm an underage girl, yada, 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 okay? On the face, horrendous, right? A few hours, a couple hours after, and this happens, like, SVB is streaming, like, while this tweet happens, and he freaks out. He's like, no, this isn't true. This never happened. There's no way this could have, like obviously then ends his stream and like goes in to figure out what's going on about two hours later, the person, someone else, basically the person who had created this account that accused SVB of, of, um, of this comes out and says, Hey, I am this person. This whole thing was made up. None of it happened. I just did it to show you how ridiculous cancel culture is. Right. right? Not good. (laughs) The number of problems that are about that, like the number of problems that this is, is is monumental, right? Like there are so many issues with what this person did. Yeah. And while we don't totally know, and so I even hesitate to say this, so this might not be wholly accurate, but what from what we know right now or believe we know right now is that the person who created the fake account was a 14-year-old boy. Yeah. So like, all right, <laughs> so now you're a guy being like, hey, this is why cancel culture is ridiculous because anyone can create a fake statement to get someone canceled but you're yeah. a dude creating the statement it's not a woman coming out and making the fake statement right, right. like anyway so then but like all of that aside how big of a because we're a clean podcast jerk for lack of a better word <laughs> you have to be to not only create this story but then Pick someone, an actual person, and say, this person did it. Someone you don't know, you've never met in your entire life, you've yeah. seen their content, and there's someone who 
is regularly at the forefront of fighting for inclusivity and welcoming women gamers into Overwatch and for detoxifying the community. Like, they are one of the people who is like, that is like what they're known for is their efforts to do that. So you specifically target them yeah. and say, I'm going to do, I'm going to basically take you down. I have no reason to other than to prove this like thing is that everybody a joke. already knows. Right, like but I'm going yeah. to attempt to ruin your life. Yeah, how big of a piece of work do you got to be to do that? <clears throat> well, jumping to conclusions, Matt. I don't have it with me, but I'm going to lay some out. It's probably something that he picked up from his parents, who are sick of cancel culture, which I which I see it all the time. I see how mm-hmm. the generation above us, before us, whatever, is reacting to this. It's you know, it's kind of amazing what kids pick up on. Uh, some of the things just today, like my son was like, come in. He's playing pretend phone. He's like, answer the phone or I'll punch you in the face. And I was like, where did you hear that from? And he's like, nowhere. I asked him like six more times. Oh, Jacob from school. So now I'm like, so he's, so now I'm like, okay, so now Jacob from school has heard this probably from his parents or another kid who heard it from his parents. Like some, you know, now we have to go through the thing of like, you never don't ever say that, tell them why it's wrong. Hope it sticks. Hope they don't say it to the wrong person. Yeah. So when I hear, especially from like a 14 year old doing something like this, it's, it's stemming, it's systematic, right? It's coming from yeah. someone above them in a, I would guess, I get too much work uh, vernacular, I was going to say in a leadership role. <laughs> right. It's coming from someone with authority above them, regardless of mom, dad, uncle, sister, grandpa, grandmother. And they either know what it means or don't, and then they run with it. And then it becomes this thing of, do they even understand the consequences of their actions? And right. What is the point of proving something that also like delegitimizes victims and yeah. and makes people people will see that and they go, oh man, you know what? Either they're gonna say, wow, what a jerk this kid is, or they're gonna say, wow, he was right. People cancel culture is terrible. You could just cancel right. anybody. Maybe I'll do that next time. So and so says something mean or. So and so does something I don't like, and now there's no rules. And I, yeah, it's just, it's terrible that people take advantage of this. I just saw a a thing about the this trans streamer who got swatted, Mm -hmm. um, and like, it's you kind of wish there was more, um, where people second guess. Like it's not they, they, not like you hear something and you say either I wholly believe it or I don't, right? But before jumping the gun and acting on something, where people stop and they get they go, okay, this is what was just said. You ten people go figure it out before we do right. anything, before we go public, before we bust someone's door down and and maybe shoot them on accident. Uh, yeah. What are we doing? And I don't know that we're at that point because all of a sudden with cancel culture comes this immediacy to cancel, this immediacy to act instead of think. Right. And and it started with um, 
believe all women, and I still think that you should, but a lot of men yeah. have taken advantage of that mindset and they're like, oh, perfect. Like a lot of e- like not good people are looking at a way right. to exploit this system that was built to act fast and ask questions later. I still think there's issues with right. that aspect of it, but right. a proper, we still have to live with it with um, innocent until proven guilty is just a fancy saying that has never really rung true in this country. Yeah. And it would be so great if that was true, <laughs> but you know, it just, it's all politically motivated now. Well, and that's what's so hard about it, right? Because, you know, even looking at something as, you know, living in the state that I live in, something that's a hot topic is um, the use of bathrooms by trans folks. Yeah. And like everyone always brings up like, well, I don't want a dude following my daughter into the, her bathroom. Yeah. Agreed. I don't want that either. But but just because a dude is a creep doesn't mean that you should then delegitimize the needs of trans folks who need to be able to do that. Right. right. Like. Because you have some cishet white dude who thinks he can be like, well, I'm going to prove a point. Like, that's the exact reason, like, why this is needed is because they're, that person is being a, a trash human, right? Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't understand. But I anyway, had boss, I had a boss like that who felt that way. And I was like, you should worry about the dudes in the bathroom yeah. with your son, not the other way around. Like, you, right. your, your mind is in the wrong spot. Right. And, and even that, to that point, you shouldn't be worrying if you're a good dad or good, whatever, uncle, caretaker, you're watching your kid anyways. You're not sending your child into the bathroom alone. And if you do, you're outside anyways. Like, I, it's the same thing with the racist people who think that other white, other than white commit crimes. I'm like, you aren't looking at the bigger picture. Everyone is committing crimes. You're just choosing <laughs> to give white people the pass because you're yeah. white. Like, yeah, everything. That's just you know, and they call them clo- they call people closed-minded for a reason, and it's because they're not willing to look at the bigger picture, and they have to they have to find someone to blame, and and it all comes back to that in the end. I think. Yeah. Well, and I, and I, you know, kind of to put a bow on this and actually get onto the, the show. The show. <laughs> um, one thing, so SVB, the day after all this happened, posted a YouTube video by basically his response to everything. And it was honestly one of the most measured, calm, like you, there was a lot of cuts in it. So you could tell like he obviously had to like work his way through this, which is completely understandable. Um, but the first thing basically he says in the video is like, do not use my experience to delegitimize women who come forward. Right. He's like, this is not, do not do that. That is not what this is about. Yeah. He's like, (laughs) I know, but he's like, say, do not use what happened to me as a reason to discount or discredit um, women who come forward. Right. Because that's not what happened in the situation, you know? Um, But I think one of the most profound things, okay. For the profound thing, one other thing, one problem that is very that is prevalent in enthusiast press, right? And I think, and that's what video game press is. It is enthusiast press. Yeah. Most of these people are not journalists. And I don't say that as a knock. It's just that they didn't go to journalism school and are, you know, investigative journalists, right? They might be really good writers, but they're enthusiasts. There were blue check marked people on social media who work at major gaming sites who retweeted this yeah. when it happened called 
SVB out for it, but never bothered to ask him about his what about what happened. And they're supposed to be journalists. Yeah. Like, and I hate, like, I I really, really hate, like, getting on this whole, like, oh, be skeptical of journalism bad way. Because I know where that leads, right? We've seen where that leads yeah. in other areas. But specifically, I'm talking about enthusiast press in this case, right? You have people who are passionate and fans of video games who also happen to write about them. That is different than people who are journalists. Those are different things. Yeah. So, like... I just I can't believe that people would be like, yo, I work for XYZ site. I'm an associate editor there. I have a blue check mark on social media. I'm going to call this dude out and I'm not even going to ask his side of the story. Not even ask. Yeah, that's not journalism. Right. And I just I can't. Mm. Anyway, so the last thing, though, that SVB said about the situation, he's like, you know, remember when something is posted on social media and you don't have all the information you are welcome to not say a damn word about it. Like, you don't have to have an instant reaction. You can find out information. Like, you don't have to, ha- like, say something right away. You can wait. So, anyway. Agreed. Well, that was a adventure I didn't expect us to go on to. But there we go. So, <laughs> listeners, let us know. Uh, is it okay that Michelle Branch slapped her cheating husband? Uh Oh, that's where we started this. <laughs> that's, that's where we started this. Okay. And Michelle Range slapped her cheating husband. And is it, how, how, how do we be a better community and support people, but also continue to um, ensure that we're creating an opening and welcoming place? It's, it's complicated, but I think, you know, listen more, talk less. Uh, All right, Hamilton. Oh, I know. That's I actually, after, right after I said that, I was like, oh man, because that's not the. It's not to anyway, quote, but it's smile more. But anyway, anyway, yeah. hey, let's move on to the show. So thanks so much for joining us this week, everyone. As always, send any feedback, questions, or suggested topics to at Board with VG on Twitter or check out all of the awesome stuff over on the Instagram, also Board with VG. Uh, we're proud to be part of the Place and Video Games podcast family. So we encourage you to check out all of the shows like the PSVG podcast, the Nintendo Shack, PSXP. Uh, you never know when a new show might pop up. So be sure to stay tuned to all of your favorite PSVG podcasts to stay up to date. We're also a member of the Dice Tower Podcast Network. So if you enjoy our conversations about board games and would like to dive deeper into that world, we encourage you to check out the Dice Tower Podcast archive as well as all the other members of the network. No matter what type of board games you enjoy, there's a podcast on the network that's right for you. With that, just a gentle reminder, listeners, this is we we have this episode and then one more episode of regularly scheduled board with video games content. Uh, And then we'll be moving to a monthly schedule. Um, I, I I haven't talked with Josh about this yet, but our goal I think is to record the same week every month. So we'll figure that out for next week, so we can tell you when you can expect what episodes in future months. Sure, sure, because <laughs> we would like to be like, hey, you know, the second Sunday we record, really yeah. the second Tuesday, or something like something consistent like that is like what we'd like to do. Uh, but again, thanks for your flexibility. Most of the feedback we've gotten has been really positive, so we appreciate that um, and your understanding and and all that. So we we do greatly appreciate it. But with that. And what might be a, a longy episode? <laughs> a longy. What have you been playing, sir? Oh boy, what have I been playing? What talk about a longy, huh? Well, let me cut some things out here. All right, I did play. Why would you cut things out if you played them? Not cut them out. I mean, just get them out of the way. I did play a couple games that have been nagging at me every time I turn my PlayStation on. Um, and two of those games would be Dying Light Two and Ghostwire Tokyo. Two games Kyle was kind enough. To purchase or uh, his FOMO, my FOMO, no, 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 Momo. Uh, I don't know. Um, so I started with Dying Light 2, and 
man, is that a boring, long, <laughs> drawn-out game for what is supposed to be a parkour zombie game. I was so bored. It was so slow. I don't know that I... I don't even know how long I lasted with this game. Did you get to the city? 35 minutes. I was like, I can't so keep playing this. This is horrible. Okay. Uh, now, I, I fully understand that this game probably isn't horrible, but boy, did it not get its... Did it not sink its teeth into me right away? Uh, so, oh, is that like a zombie joke? It, it kind of, yeah, I was going to say hooks, but teeth sounds better. Uh, I, I, maybe I'll revisit it, but I was really... This was like its moment to shine for me. Mm-hmm. And and you asking me to press R one to jump, you out of your mind. If you can ask me to press R one to jump, it does make uh, sense though. Once you get used to it, no, 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 no. You might as well be Mad Max. Well, press circle to jump. No, what? What? Why? Yeah, that was really weird. <laughs> Fix Mad your Max game mechanics. There's no reason why X couldn't jump and R one could do what X does. Uh, moving on, Dying Light Two has been uninstalled. Um, Moving on to Ghostwire Tokyo, Ghostwire Tokyo, classic Japanese game where you only play 10% of game and 90% of it is cutscenes. However, what I'll say is the 10% of gameplay I played was at least compelling enough for me to not uninstall it. Oh, that's good. Uh, We'll see where it goes. We'll see where it goes. it's fine so far, <laughs> but I was like, I can't uninstall both of these games. I and do like that, you know, Josh. As we're getting to towards the end of this run here for a while, and it could be adjusting yeah. things, we're getting a little spicier with our takes. I feel like. Well, I know, yeah. Who's going to hold me to the fire? Uh, <laughs> uh, I am playing Into the Breach via Netflix, so I'm playing it on my phone. It is free if you have Netflix. I've never played Into the Breach. Uh, in fact, I didn't even know what I had an idea of what it was, um, but I've been playing it on my phone and it's been a lot of fun. It's a tactics based kaiju meets front mission style game, 8-bit, where actually the casualties matter. If you like knock a monster into a building or shoot a missile too close to a building, it actually tells you how many casualties and someone will jump on the screen and be like, uh, you just killed a bunch of people or you were supposed to save those people or whatever. <laughs> uh, and you play through these, uh, I guess they're like continents ish. They're areas. They look like continents. Um, and you have missions in each area. You have a team, you have a main guy, and then you have like support crew. If your main guy dies, it does have like a kind of permadeath thing where that guy isn't available anymore, guy or girl. That pilot isn't available. And then you have to choose another one until basically you're out of pilots. You also have energy. Um, If you run out of energy, which is typically um, held by power plants or certain buildings, if they get destroyed, the energy goes down. If the energy goes away, you lose, just flat out lose. So it's fun. I've been playing it on my phone on like lunch breaks, uh, really enjoying it. So for free, because I have a Netflix subscription, it's just it's one of those very many games under Netflix games. So if you're curious, if you open up your Netflix app on your phone, there's now a games tab on the bottom of the screen, and it will show you all the available games. Uh, Josh, did you see 
that Netflix said that less than 1% of their users are playing I know, games I saw, the service. I saw that and I was like, well, that's a sign of games going away for Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> but at least I got to play this before it went away. Um, and I've been playing, I just started Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Whoa! Uh, I know. I didn't play the fir- I only played the first one. So I asked around um if it was okay to jump into 3 and it sounds like it's it's fine the the stories aren't continuations but because mm-hmm. I didn't play Xenoblade Chronicles 2 I didn't know that they weren't continuations so True yeah you, now, I know. you know um so I listened to the um it used to be called how did this get played it's called played pod now or no get played with um uh, Heather Ann Campbell who talked about this game and how she's a big JRPG pl- player and how much he loved this and i was like oh feels like i need to play this game now uh, instead of later and i asked in the flux supposed discord some people who've been playing it they said yeah jump in on three so i did and i'm early in the game so i don't have too much to report but it's a pretty in it's a pretty different take from part one uh essentially you are the xenoblade chronicles themselves cover these two warring, I don't want to call them nations. There's these two giant beasts. They're always the, I don't know, the deities or the gods yeah. of a certain group of people. And these people are always fighting each other because that's all they do. That's what they know. And this one isn't, is a little different in the regards that there are still two giant entities and uh one of them uh powers its people by collecting the souls of enemies left on the battlefield versus the other one where it actually consumes the bodies of the other people on the battlefield so souls versus flesh and uh you start the game in a group of kids and you find out that they're i think they're essentially all clones or something to that extent and they're lifespan is only 10 years and their job is to contribute to the cause as much as possible in their 10 years as each child is a soldier is made to be a soldier so it looks like it's gonna have a pretty interesting story let's see where it goes it also looks like they put the soldiers into groups of four or five and then they compete against each other and i don't know i didn't get far enough to see what the winning group gets to do but i'm assuming they go to battle first i don't know <laughs> uh, <laughs> but the game does take and this is uh just all in the opening of the game and then the game takes a jump time wise um to catch up with your characters so you aren't just playing as children you're playing as like almost adults <laughs> uh still like young adults so uh, the combat is different it has auto attack so your character will just attack if it's in the vicinity of a bad guy Mm-hmm. Uh, if you, and then you can choose to use your sword art or whatever they can sit, call it in this game, your special moves. Um, so, so far, so good. Uh, and last, so, oh, go ahead. Yeah, sorry. Okay, so how long would you say you're into it? How many hours? Well, only a couple hours, not too long. Okay. Do you think you will finish it? Yeah, I finished the first one. It's just a matter of finding the time. It's probably another 60 to 80 hour, 80 hour game, so... It's going to take me a while. 
Yeah. Main story, according to how long to beat, main story is 55 hours. Yeah. Main plus extra is 78 hours. Yeah. Uh, but completionist, which is, I know what you are, Josh, you're definitely a completionist. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, 148 hours. So. Yeah. I mean, yeah, if you're already putting 80 hours in, you might as well go all the way, right? <laughs> <laughs> might as well double it almost. Let's go. Yeah. Now I'll finish, I'll finish the story. I probably, uh, uh, just like I did with the first one. I also didn't do like the DLC for the first one, even though I have it. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like I got enough out of the game. By the um, for for um, the first one, did you have it physically or did you just download it? Uh, I think I don't know. That's a good question. I think I downloaded it. Okay, but I'd have to check. Gotcha. What makes you ask? Well, because I'm pretty certain I have two physically. Um, oh. I was gonna say we could flip flop if you wanted, and I I would take your. Well, I'll check if I have it physically. We can do that. Yeah, I have to check too because I think I have the second one physically. I have to yeah. check, but I think I'll I do. Check. Cool, cool. Um, yes. And then the last one, because again, Kyle bought us a game. Uh, uh he'll have roller drone coming this week too, Josh. Just oh boy. Know. Jeez. Okay. I got to catch up. Uh, cult of the lamb is a game that I have played. <laughs> I gotta be <laughs> careful how I talk about this game. Um, I like it. It is very much Hades to me. Oh, Okay. With other things, <laughs> which I like less. <laughs> okay. Uh, it has it has uh, a lot of Hades in it as far as like the weapon buffs and getting cards uh, in the game. Actually, it's more. It also has like a little Slay the Spire feel to it, based on how the map system works and the cards. Um, so I like that. The combat is fun. It's just roll and attack essentially, and then you do. Like I did get my essentially like the spear from Hades mm-hmm. um, and you can get different special powers as well. Um, but it also adds in uh, the cult aspect, right? So you're freeing other animals and recruiting them to your cult and then you're putting them to work, whether it is to like, uh, so then it, it, it kind of incorporates like an age of empires style gameplay where you can harvest wood um, uh or mine stone or pick berries or worship a shrine, uh, which you can do, uh, which I wasn't having too tough of a time with. You also have to like build places for people to sleep. You can, you have to plant and decide what you're planting. But I ran into a bug in my game, not a literal bug, but a video game bug. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Where I have like, uh, followers can kind of stray off the path, especially if you feed them the wrong things or whatever. And I had a bug that came up where I was trying to progress the um, helpful tips mm-hmm. thing. And it, and it ended up like talking to somebody instead of progressing the tips. And now I have a follower who is not following and I can't get rid of him. You can't sacrifice him? No. And in oh. fact, I, I can't do anything. Uh, so he's just going around telling everyone how awful I am. I try to feed him. I try to talk to him. He won't change. And then the tip keeps coming up. You can sacrifice him. And I'm like, well, do I have to build like a sacrifice pit or something? And I couldn't find anything that said that I had to build something to sacrifice him. So it's a ritual. So when you go into your temple. So I don't have it like- listed as a ritual, I guess, then. Yeah, because the first one is like the fire dance one. The yeah. second one that you get is the ability to sacrifice. So someone. I don't so have you, that. 
So if you you get it pretty or like I got it before I beat the first boss. So I can't. I'm not able to leave. My oh, okay. Town. Well, that's not going to be helpful then. The, the the black wall comes up every time I try to leave. So I can't even leave to go back into the lost city or whatever it's called. Have you beaten the first boss? The lost ritual. Yeah, I beat the first boss. So I oh, try to go then you back. Have it then. Well, maybe I didn't beat the first part- boss. Is there many bosses? Uh, there is a min. Yeah, there's a okay, mini. Okay, so boss. I probably didn't beat the first boss. Okay, because I think at some point I don't remember where it is in that first time frame. Yeah. Um, when you go back and you talk to the person who like you're serving. Yes. Um, he gives you okay. as a ritual the ability to sacrifice. I died at the first boss, so when I went to go back, I can't get back in there. And the sheep, mm. the sheep is running around my town telling everybody to don't believe my lies. <laughs> you should like, ask Donnie because Donnie loves this game. Yeah. And I know he probably is going to be. He'll, more, he'll like, let me I, know on Tuesday, but I feel like I have to do a new, a whole new save. I think. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But hmm. what I played, I enjoyed to a degree um, because now I'm frustrated and I don't want to play it anymore, but right, I will. That is frustrating. Because <laughs> um, I tried everything. I spent 45 minutes trying to figure out how to get around the skies thing until i was like it has to be a bug yeah because i can't i can't even leave to go back into the last ritual to to try the map again so other than that uh i think the combat's fun and quick i guess uh, feels yeah. fluid um and i think it has a pretty good sense of humor about itself so so far that part has been fun for me and that's all i've been yeah. playing besides marvel yeah. snap Gotcha. Well, I'll just start then with Cult of the Lamb. We'll kind of keep that train going. I've also cool. been playing it. Uh, I will agree the combat was way faster than I thought it was going to be. I never played any of the demos or anything like that. So for me, the de- the combat was much quicker than I thought it was going to be. I do enjoy um, the kind of randomness of going in, seeing what your weapon is going to be, seeing what your curse is going to be, and how you can use those um, on your run. I do like that the runs are very short, you know, that you go in, you go out, um, and you're kind of all... Uh, uh, that one card game that I'm blanking on that has the map layout that like everyone copies now um, as you climb. <laughs> um, but Slay the Spider, there we go. Like that kind of, you have that map and you're kind of deciding which direction you want to go. Um, yeah, I really like a lot about this game. I think the management part is pretty fun. I do think there's a ton of systems. There are so many systems in this game. Uh, and I don't think it's overwhelming necessarily, but it does feel like sometimes I have to really think about uh, what direction I want to go and how I want to do things. And I kind of second guess, like, what is the best upgrade path to go? And I'm so I'm finding myself constantly kind of second guessing what I'm doing and am I making the right decisions and all that good stuff. But overall, I'm really enjoying playing it. Uh, I'm probably just a few hours in, beating the first boss uh, or the first god or whatever you want to call them. Uh, so I've taken them out. Uh, my cult is getting reasonably sized at this point. I'm um, getting to the point where I'm kind of getting into some bigger buildings and all that good stuff, but it's a lot of fun. I'm having a fun time with it. Uh, I think the reviews that are pretty positive on it, I, I tend to fall in line with. I think there's just a touch more management than I would like, but it's still good. Um, and I think the runs are really, really fun. So overall, Cult of the Lamb, for me, super high praise. I know Donnie, I think, says Cult of the Lamb. I mean, he used hashtag Goatee, so I don't know if it's actually going to be his game of the year. Um, but for me, Cult of the Lamb currently is definitely climbing the ranks as far as a game that i am um, will likely be talking about at the end of the year as far as the favorite goes so nice. really liking my time with that uh the other game that i played then as i downloaded on pc and kind of decided i should play a pc game from time to time especially since this is you know that type of a game and i downloaded and yeah. playing two point campus 
Um, I'm not usually a huge fan of these style of games, but since, you know, this is building a campus and I work on a college campus, I figured I kind of had to play it. Uh, and I will say that so far, Two Point Campus is fine. That's not, to me, a knock on the game. Um, that, to me, is a knock on just it's not a genre of game that I'm super, super into. Now, you might say, well, Kyle, in Cult of the Lamb, you have all these management things you need to do, too. And you're like, you're right, there is. Yeah. Uh, but it's just how you, there's more to the game than just the management. And that's what I think is hard with Two Point Campus is it's literally just the management. And whereas I talked about Cult of the Lamb being slightly more management than i wanted i mean two point campus is like cult of the lamb depth plus a thousand i mean it's so deep like every single person that is at your college has like six characteristics that you have to keep track of and make sure that they're happy and sleeping and and fed and have good hygiene i mean there's so many things you got to keep track of and it just gets a bit overwhelming and honestly (laughs) i'm someone who understands the issues that exist with higher education uh i also just don't want it to be made fun of while i'm trying to relax like that's not really what i'm looking for necessarily and this game takes um some pretty solid ribs uh at higher education as a system (laughs) which i'm not saying aren't deserved it's just that i want to deal with those when i'm at work um not when i am supposed to be relaxing and then hearing people make fun of what my work is Uh, especially when it's a game i'm choosing to partake in so Yep. Again, I, that's fine. I, I really don't care that overall that it makes fun of that. It's just not what I'm looking for right now. Um, so I'll probably keep playing it. Um, I'm really glad I didn't buy it. So I guess yay, Game Pass. You know, getting you know play letting you play all the games. You're glad you don't have to pay for. I guess. Can you say that again for an audio grab for Donnie? <laughs> yay for Game Pass, letting you play all the right, games. That's that you it. Got you got it. <laughs> no, um, no, just a clean one. Oh no, that's not, yay I mean, for Game Pass. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, I'm glad for people who like that thing. Um, <laughs> uh, sorry, I tried, Danny. <laughs> you, did, you did a good job. I appreciate the effort. But yeah, so Two Point Campus, like I said, if you're into management sims, um, if you really like Two Point Hospital, I hear this is kind of in line with that. It's going to be you know as good um, or potentially slightly better. Uh, I still really stink at controlling things on PC. It doesn't matter what game I'm playing. Like, spinning, Don't you have an swerving. Xbox controller plugged in? I do have an Xbox controller oh. plugged in. I could try that, but you I should but use your controller. <laughs> but especially for a game like this, like I don't know that's going to help, right? Like maybe I could try it. I suppose. Well, you got to do the trick thing that I do. You use your mouse and keyboard when it works when it's when it works for you, but have that controller on your knee. And if yeah. you just want to use the analog stick to spin the spin the thing around, that's all you do. Uh, yeah. Like I, I would mean, do, it's like sitting right here, like yeah. it's like easily within reach. So and that's an elite. You get an elite yeah, plugged into elite, your computer. Yeah. What's that? I said you get an elite plugged into your computer. That's I do, fancy. Yeah, because yeah, I do have the, the elite plugged in my computer right now because I don't like playing Halo with the elite, and I play Halo never uh, on my Xbox, but which, which also is never though. I probably should just take this one back out there because I haven't played Halo in forever. Um, did you see that? A side note: uh, one of the teams that was um, competing in Halo, like in the Halo like e- esports league, just like stopped competing in the middle of the season. It makes, like, it makes sense. It makes sense. I was like, I feel like that's like representative of like <laughs> big old swing and a miss on the Halo. So, uh, but yeah, so that's what I've been playing. Just Call of the Lamb Two Point Campus. Like I said, Call of the Lamb, I love. I think it's great. I highly recommend it. Two Point Campus. If you like management sims, I think you're going to love it. If you don't like management sims, this is, I don't think there's anything here that's going to get you into them. Yeah. Uh, but like I said, if you like them, definitely give it a shot um, on Game Pass or most other platforms. Other than I don't think the Switch version is out yet. Question mark. Right. Um. But yeah, but that's all that I've been playing. So cool. 
with that, let's move on to our topics of the show. Josh, what's your first topic this week? Well, I always write something and I never read it. So let's start reading these things. Emperor Deck swings for the fences, if you will. Um, so Upper Deck has announced, this is uh, from ICV2 via Gen Con announcements, that they are uh, partnering with some major licenses for Versus and Legendary. So to be clear, the Versus system something that Upper Deck does that was born out of overpower from way back yeah. in the day. So this is their attempt to to capitalize on the people who loved overpower or overcharge, which was like the official, really the second follow-up to overpower. And now we're at versus systems or system. Um, previously to what I'm going to talk about, it was just Marvel properties. And then they also did alien in the versus Mm -hmm. system as well, which you could mix with the Marvel cards. And I'm sure what I'm going to talk about is also mixable, but I don't know if you should. So from a few announcements we have, first off, uh, Opera Deck is going to be releasing a versus um, the boys based on the TV show, the boys uh, later this year using art from the series and the comics, uh, both will be in the game. It's going to have 200 playable cards, a token sheet, and a rule book for two players. As I say, it plays in 30 minutes. Uh, let's keep it with the versus system while we're in announcements, something that I, as much as I love the boys, I'm really excited for this announcement. Upper Deck has also acquired the rights for Mortal Kombat, and they will produce a versus... MK11 versus system. I'm very excited for that. Who will I play against? I don't know. The wall. <laughs> but I will certainly own the Mortal Kombat one. Uh, that is for sure. Uh, we also have uh, the announcement of Space Jam, a new legacy server verse showdown, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which is a standalone card game based on the film starring LeBron James. It's a quote, it's, quote, a fun way for people to play with the characters from Space Jam and New Legacy, end quote. Um, it's also considered family-friendly and easy to pick up. Each character has a different ability that makes them more or less useful. That's interesting. Less useful. You don't want to hear that in a board game. Right. Uh, the box includes 100 playable cards and a rule sheet. It's considered a fast-paced game. It's for two to six players. Six and up, it plays, excuse me, in 30 to 60 minutes. And it's uh, coming in the next few months. We also have plans for more versus system. Uh, WandaVision, which I guess was announced last year, which we clearly missed. Uh, as well as the Falcon and the Winter Soldier and Loki. Each set will include 55 playable cards, which is a far cry from 200 playable cards in a regular versus systems box. Um, and all the other things. But... The big announcement, I would say, the biggest of these uh, is they have acquired the rights for The Matrix, which is pretty huge. Staying in the Warner Brothers universe, clearly they have made a big deal with Warner Brothers. Uh, But our first announcement, because believe me, they're going to milk The Matrix for all that they can (laughs) without license, uh, is we're getting a legendary encounters. The Matrix and the art seems to be out of The Matrix, The Animatrix. Uh, so that could be a lot of fun. I'm actually really excited to pick this one up. 
Um, for anyone who doesn't know, Legendary Encounters is basically their way of doing more Marvel Legendary, but using other franchises. So, right. Um, and it tells it more of a story uh, than it is a free to like a free play game. So we have had so far uh, Firefly Encounters, Predator, and Alien Encounters, and those ones tell kind of stories depending on which ones you're playing. So it will have more of a a uh, story aspect to it if it sticks to that format. Uh, and last but not least, we also get a another Legend Marvel Legendary expansion. Uh, we should have seen this coming. Uh, for Black Widow, which I'm assuming will include like the Red Guardian, um, and you know everyone else that's related to the Black Widow. I'm just forgetting um, Florence Pugh's character's name. <laughs> that's all. <laughs> yeah, so am I. Now that you said that, yeah. good. I'm glad I'm not the only one. I shouldn't be forgetting her name, but Black Widow's sister. <laughs> Is it, okay, no. Everyone Yelena? who's listening, Elena, Yelena Belova. Yelena? Yelena? Yelena yeah. Belova. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so, yeah, that is our uh, upper deck roundup. So, Josh, if you had a guess without yes. looking. Oh, boy. So, specifically. I know where you're going. <laughs> I know. So, specifically for the versus system. Yeah. The Marvel Battles one that, like, the big box for lack of a better word that was like reintroduced in 2015 yeah the I old versus system okay yeah because the old versus system like wrapped up in 2009 or 2012 or whatever it was how many expansions do you think board game geek has available for the verse that that specific versus system okay. the 2015 one i know a bunch of them so let me see if i can do it in my head oh for listeners right now josh is mouthing things silently as he tries to put together and, and this isn't helping him figure out how many it is so i'll be quiet here for a second and then i'll cut out i can think of quiet. eight the answer is 38 there's wait a uh, versus 38 expansions listed no way <laughs> yep so um marvel crossover volume 4 issue 11 marvel battles until the darkness civil war secret avengers civil war the civil war battles civil war thunderbolts darkness and light masters of evil darkness and light mystic arts marvel crossover volume 3 symbios lethal protector symbios maximum carnage etc 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 jeez yeah good for them like <laughs> six seven eight nine um there were 10 expansions released in 2021 alone well that will cover 10 of the ones i didn't know about <laughs> Wow. Whew. Yeah. That's, hey, they're trying to keep up with Legendary. <laughs> well, and obviously they must sell if they keep making them. Goodness gracious. Yeah. So, um, so I, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming that the Mortal Kombat one is the one you're most excited about. Yeah. Over in the, the, Matrix, in the, Ma- even? In the Matrix. I think, well, okay. I, I think I'm more likely to play the Matrix. So I'm probably a little more excited for the Matrix. Oh, okay. But I think they're equal as far as like, uh, how, when's the last time you saw a Mortal Kombat board game? Oh, never. I can tell you that. Yeah, right. Never. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Josh. So anything else then about versus or legendary or anything related to those things? The only thing I would say is not I'm hesitant to buy any versus game because I don't want to have to buy 35 expansions. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Goodness gracious. That was so many. Expe- I didn't expect. I knew it was going to be a lot, but I didn't expect it was going to be that many. So That's too many. <laughs> All right, Josh. So for my first topic, this actually comes from a different podcast that I listened to um, that they brought this topic up. And I just it was a very interesting topic to me. So I wanted to see what your thoughts were on it. So more video games were recently delayed out of 2022, right? Arc Raiders got delayed. Marvel's Midnight Suns, Hogwarts Legacy, 
more games fleeing this fall into 2022, which apparently 2022, excuse me, 2023. <laughs> Goodness gracious, how did I lose a year? <laughs> 2023 is apparently going to be a banger of the year because Starfield, Redfall, Forspoken, Breath of the Wild 2, Suicide Squad. There's already so many games slated for 2023. Sure. That. There have been a couple of great AAA games so far this year, right? Like Elden Ring obviously has taken up most of the oxygen in the room, but Horizon came out. You know, there's been some, you know, Xenoblade Chronicles 3, if you count that as a AAA game. Sure. Uh, there's, been, there's been a few AAA games this year. And, you know, God of War 3s are on the corner. Splatoon 3s are on the corner. But with that being said, Josh, will 2022 be one of remembered one of the worst years for AAA games for volume right like we know there's gonna be a couple assuming god of war let's assume god of war is a knockout right there's no way it comes out this year god of war yeah you still think it get delayed we haven't seen any gameplay it's all it's the end we of august gameplay? We no, gameplay? no we did too <laughs> what did we see that was game gameplay there was like a second trailer that was gameplay like a, a while ago was there gameplay yeah. there was gameplay was there Yes, there really was. Okay, well, it must not have been very like, memorable. <laughs> I mean, he used like the blades of chaos to like throw up and like climb up to the thing and kick, hit, kick the person down and then jump on it. I don't no? remember. You don't that. remember this? No. Okay. Not the, no, there, there is actually a gameplay. There is a trailer with gameplay out there. Okay. Anyway, um, do you think <laughs> back on topic? I still don't think it comes out this year. Okay, so then even more so, but let's say it does come out this year mm-hmm. and is amazing, right? Let's for sake of argument. I'm sure it will be amazing whenever it comes out. Will 2022, though, still be one of the worst years as far as volume of AAA games? I I guess it's tough to say because I I just don't know how many AAA games came out last year. I don't think it was a lot either. You know? Yeah, I mean, because last year you had Forza, you had Halo, you had, I mean... Okay, this is where well, you named one good game out of <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't I'm, say I'm I said kidding. quality. Being hard I didn't on say quality. <laughs> um, but what else? What the heck else came out last year? Uh, Super Mario World, 3D World, and Bowser's Fury came out. A remake, yeah. <laughs> well, I guess so, yeah. Because then I was going to say, because uh, Mass Effect Legendary Edition came out Rat- two last remake. year, didn't it? Yeah, <laughs> another remake. Okay, and this is why I wanted to have the conversation because yeah. I was like, I don't feel like last year was super great either. Yeah. Uh, but Ratchet Clank was last year. Sure. Loop was last year. Metroid Dread was last year. Oh, yeah. Metroid um, Dread. What a game. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Ooh, we are getting salty in our in our in this time. Um, Hitman 3 came out last year. That wasn't uh, two years ago? Oh, boy. COVID has messed with my memory. <laughs> yeah, Hitman 3 was last year, but it was like January of 2021. Was it really? Okay. Yeah. So uh, Tales of Arise was last year. Sure. Which I guess... But sure. I'm saying if you I'm saying if you count um yes. Xenoblade Chronicle 3, you know. Um I'm trying to think of what else came out. Those are the ones off the top of my head I can think of. Sure. Oh, Returnal was last year. Yeah, but Xenoblade Chronicle 3 was last week. <laughs> I know, but I'm saying Returnal was last year too. Uh, so. <laughs> that wasn't two years ago, Returnal? Twenty twenty one, wasn't it? I don't know anymore, Kyle. <laughs> that wasn't this year though, that was last year. It was last year, yes. Right. Twenty twenty one. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. If you compare this year to last year, like all those games sure. I was talking about were last year. Yeah. Was it last year? It was, because I had COVID yeah. when I was playing. Oh, I had my vasectomy when I was playing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Frozen peas on your junk. I did, yeah. Actually I was playing Resident Evil Village instead of Returnal. Well, there you go. There's another one. Well, actually did that come out last year? Well, that's when I played it during the peas days. <laughs> Man, there you go. So there you go. 
so many games. Whenever whenever I talk to somebody and they talk about, like, I think my wife said something yesterday. She's like, that place has been open for whatever. And I was like, you got to add two years to whatever you're thinking. Yeah. <laughs> because nobody accounts for COVID years. You got to add two years before you say something came out at this point. Right. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough for me to think about what games came out this year. Now, to answer your question the long way, this is going to definitely be a longy of a show. Uh, I don't think so. Like, I'm, I pulled up the list. So we have in January, we got um, Pokemon Legends, right? I would consider that AAA. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, I don't if know. We're con- look if we're it, considering re- it? well, <laughs> I enjoyed it, uh, which probably speaks even more to how I'm like not part of the Nintendo <laughs> loop. Uh, if you would consider remakes, AAA games, Uncharted Legacy of Thieves collection. Yeah. Uh, as well as Life is Strange remastered collection. Uh, Dying Light 2, Sifu. Um, uh, Sifu's not a AAA game. It's not a AAA game. Right? Uh, Di- Horizon Forbidden West, Elden Ring, uh, Gran Turismo 7, Triangle Strategy. Is that AAA? I think so, right? I mean, Double A? It's kind of, that's where, like, because even, like, so, like, that, because I, I think it was where it gets challenging, right? Like, yeah. is even Dying Light 2, is that a triple A game or a double A game? Is I, Triangle Strategy a triple A or double A? Sure. I, what about Kirby the and the Forgotten Lands? What's up? Kirby? Oh, yeah. I mean, that game's great. Fiantina? Right. Oh, yeah. Uh, strange, uh, sorry. I was going to say Strangers of Paradise, but that's a funny joke. Uh,. <laughs> Lego Star Wars, Skywalker Saga. It's got to be AAA, right? MLB The Show. I mean, some of these are like, I won't say Babylon's Fall because I, I don't want to hurt you. <laughs> uh, I mean, there's stuff. Do I think it, do I think the names hit as big? Maybe not. Maybe they're not as big as AAA names like as we had last year. I think it's probably um, comparative, though, as far as the number of games. We had a lot of delays last year, too. That's why our first three months were so very strong this year. Yeah. Like, we would have had Horizon last year. Yep. Uh, we could have had uh, Elden Ring last year, potentially. Um, so, I don't know. Power Wash Simulator? Clearly a AAA game. Kevin, <laughs> I listened to your episode. How dare you? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I think I don't think it's a crazy thing to think, right? Like, it definitely feels like a lot of these big games got delayed um but we talk about this every year right like yeah we the the game industry is forcing these people to announce games way too early i still think game showcases are way better than an e3 because you're not pressured to put out a trailer for a game that's four years away right because look what happens a studio could dissolve like activision blizzard (laughs) you might not even get the games you're expecting yeah. Um, we saw Saints Row coming, right? That's going to supposedly that's going to be pretty big. Yeah. Um, Saints Row is the end of this month. I might play it. Who knows? Uh, Pac Man World Repack? Like, that's huge. <laughs> huge. <laughs> all the biggest remakes, all the biggest AAA games. But yeah, yeah I, I just... I, there's room for more. But I, I, yeah, I, think you're, I think your question is an important question because uh, it definitely does feel like a lot of the big games that we were expecting just aren't coming but i think we're also used to that at this point yeah i would agree and one thing that 
I truly think has happened as a result of maybe there being a bit more space between AAA games is part of it is I think the perception because like Microsoft and Xbox and Microsoft and Xbox, Microsoft and PlayStation <laughs> haven't had maybe as many AAA games as we'd expect them to release in a year like this, right? So maybe our our room between games has been a little bit greater. Um I mean, especially Xbox from a AAA standpoint, I don't know that they've have they released anything this year? This year, uh, the Hot Wheels expansion for Forza Horizon, right, you know, right? Which is fine. I'm not, and that's not a knock, you know. But yeah. no, I mean it uh, is so though, it, not an intentional one. But I mean, we should be expecting more from them. Yeah, I yeah, I, I do think they're gonna have a. I mean, I feel like they have to have a big next year. But I feel like we said that well, last we said that last year. year. <laughs> yeah, um, you know. So, but I I do think though it highlights probably how many really great indie games we've met, missed in past years when there's been a larger dearth of AAA games. Because I think there's been really good AAA games this year still. Um, obviously, Elden Ring, the one taking up, like I said, the most oxygen. But when you look at what we've had from an indie standpoint, though there was that small little lull like in May and June, like I think there has been banger games to play the entire year for the most part. And that lull has been no different than there's a lulls that happen every year. Maybe it moves a little bit when it is. But there's always a point where there's like, you know, a six week span where there's not a ton is coming out. But I think it's been overall like a really solid year of gaming. I've been any time that I have not been playing games. It's not because of lack of games to play. It's either just been my mood has not been there or I haven't had the time. It's not because I didn't have things to play. Um, And, you know, I like I still haven't played Neon White. I still haven't granted us a remaster slash re-release. I haven't played Stanley Parable Deluxe Edition. I haven't played Xenoblade Chronicles 3 yet, and I really want to. I haven't played AI the Somnium Files and Nirvana Initiative, which I do want to play even if you make fun of me for it. Um, yes, you know, like there's still so many things that I want to be playing that I, I'm not playing right now. Mm. Um, and it's just because there's so much to play. I haven't played Citizen Sleeper yet, and I really want to. I haven't finished mm. Tunic. Like I, haven't, I actually haven't forgot, finished Kirby in the Forgotten Land. I'm almost like almost the last boss of that game, but I haven't finished it yet. Uh, there's just so darn much. I haven't played Nobody Saves the World yet. <laughs> like, there's so many things that I just haven't yet played. Um, and that's what's kind of surprising to me. So I do think potentially we could say that, you know, the high, high profile AAA games, we haven't had as many. Um, yeah. But again, I think it's because uh, Elden Ring and to a lesser extent Horizon are the ones that people are talking about the most with that. But there still have been very good AAA games that have been released and so many solid indies that. I don't know. Like, I, I guess I just don't think about it in those terms anymore. It, well, we shouldn't. We should just think about games we want to play for the consoles we have, whether we yeah. have a PlayStation or an Xbox or a Switch or all of them or whatever. Like, I understand. Well, consoles are an investment, right? And you have to yeah. just kind of hope that you're investing in the platform that has the games you want to play. Yeah. And. I think like we're seeing a PlayStation now with the new um, plus tiers. Like I think Mm -hmm. games of service and service like services in general are the things that are going to lead the, these consoles to be successful, not just relying on AAA games. Right. Yeah, no, I agree. Access is access to games is almost more important than games themselves, though. It is interesting seeing what is happening in, the streaming space for television and movies now Ugh, yeah you know so you, you do have to wonder is that 
what we're going to see for game streaming services in 15 years, 10, 15 years, right? Like Netflix numbers are down. Their prices are going up. Yeah. You know, discovering HBO, like whatever mess that's going to be in a year. <laughs> Disney raising yeah. their prices by like 40% because they can't generate the revenue. Like we're getting to a point where like we got what we asked for, but now we're seeing the results of what we asked for. And you're having to have a dozen logins to, you know, a dozen yeah. different things. And you're paying for all these things piecemeal because not everything's on one system service that we all thought it was going to be. Um, Cause everything's reactionary. We, we have, yeah. we're this part of this generation where we're like, we don't want to pay $250 a month for a cable because we right. don't use half of the channels that are on there. Right. And now we got it. And now we have to, to, suffer the consequences because right. it's still costing us the same amount of money and we're still yeah. not watching the same amount of content right except all the services are going up yeah 30 percent every year so yeah. <laughs> like oh. you're we're right back to where we were except now it's we're having convenient. fomo for everything <laughs> yeah we're right back to where we were except now it's all less convenient than it was yeah so but awesome all right anything else josh about the those triple a games uh no we'll keep our heads up we'll be good okay uh what's your next topic then sir we'll make this a quick one right because i didn't even have it as a topic until what we until we started yeah i think our next two are both gonna be pretty quick so great uh what's old is news as i say not they because i'm (laughs) i'm sure i stole that from someone accidentally very quick we talked about this a while ago we didn't really know what was going to happen with this but fantasy flight games had announced their intention of built bringing back star wars um and now we know it is being brought back as the deck building game quote unquote which is coming next year it's going to be a deck builder with a cooperative one-on-one card game um it's designed by caleb grace who was also one of the creative minds behind marvel champions and lord of the rings both quote, the card game, unquote. Uh, the core set will focus on Rebellion versus Empire uh, out the Star Wars universe. And of course, we can, I'm sure, expect um, add-ons that will include other uh, storylines from Star Wars. But we do know that this will include all the cards you need to play the game. So we're not looking at another Star Wars TCG. Uh, and we did have, well, technically, we did have a living card game version of Star Wars, right? We did, yes. And that is also gone. Well, it's not gone. It is yep. just out of print. You can still buy it in some places. But now you're looking at more of the Marvel Champions um, or the new Lord of the Rings box where you get everything in one box. So I hope this is good news for Star Wars fans or at least people who want to add to their Star Wars collection knowing you can buy the box and get the whole game. Like I have, we got the Transformers, the deck building game from Renegade because we like Transformers. Has it come out of the shrink yet? No. And that's very rare for me, (laughs) but uh, we do have it. So uh, keep your eyes out next year for Star Wars, the deck building game. Quick bite, quibby. Yeah, it's just interesting seeing them designing this and not having it be an LCG. It, well, they have Destiny, right? So yeah, it's that's true. still going strong. They have new sets coming out still. I still can't buy new sets at a good price, which is why I just have all the old boxes. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, so they're still selling pretty well. And even the out of the boxes I bought, the card values are still pretty high for some certain cards. So you can tell that it's still being actively played. 
which is yeah. good. Mm-hmm. So, uh, in fact, I've gotten a couple of boxes where I've gotten more in almost triple in card value in the box what I paid for the box. So, oh, that's nice. It's still going pretty good. Uh, you just got to find someone who wants to buy those cards that you get, which is why eBay is handy. <laughs> eBay. Cool. Uh, but yeah, that's it for the Tech Star Wars. Awesome. All right, Josh. So, my final topic then this week is the Jew, sir. Watch the THQ Nordic <laughs> Digital Showcase. I didn't get to watch the um, showcase live, so I just caught the trailers afterwards. Yes, I'm in the same boat. I watched most of the stuff that I watched afterwards, but I'll be honest, I didn't even watch everything, but I watched most of it. Yeah. Um, what do you think about uh, THQ kind of doing their own showcases? Like, if you had the chance where it was at a time that you were available, would you watch them? Or kind of what are your thoughts on their showcases? Yeah, I, I mean, I've always, like kind of liked thq games like i think back to like red faction and and things like that where they've always had like some big pretty big standouts and then i feel like on the other hand a lot of their games are kind of like that fill in the blank production company game so they've had big hits uh the darksiders games and and things like that as well so i do like a lot of what they do yeah, so they did have a showcase. Uh, I think that they are pretty much, I mean, not only, but they are like the big name in AA, I guess, right now. Like, they're the ones who release, like, the AA games. Um, and looking at the games that they announced, the showcase was almost an hour, and they had a lot of content for it. Uh, is there anything that stood out to you? Any specific game that you're excited about? Anything that you were surprised by? <laughs> yeah, I guess I would say the thing I was surprised by the most was the thing that I was most impressed by. Um, uh, and I'm going to scroll down to find it. Actually, two things are uh, recreation. Yeah. Which looked like a ton of fun. It kind of, uh, I didn't know what I was watching, but the fact that I could see, uh, how excited my son was to see an excavator racing on a track was <laughs> yeah. really cool. Yeah. Um, so I thought that looked really cool. Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm very curious to see if there's going to be a campaign mode or if it's just sandbox racing. Um, but if it is sandbox racing and it does the thing where you can download tracks like Mario Maker, I think it'd be a ton of fun. It looks like a lot of fun. Which, um, it, which it seems like it was going for. It seemed like yeah. it was trying to create a Mario Maker racing sandbox racing game is really what it felt like for sure. Yeah, it definitely felt like that. Uh, it reminded me of uh, shoot, there was an Xbox game that was like roller coasters meets thrill. Was it Thrill Ride? Oh, I don't know. I think it was Thrill Ride. There was thrill a game ride like sounds that. Sounds right. Like uh, a game. I think it's Thrill yeah, Ride. That sounds like and you can do game. custom courses, but you could also control the speed of the cart on the coaster and stuff like that. Um, and then I was very surprised with Outcast Two. Uh, oh, okay. I played Outcast. It is a janky. But a janky ass game. <laughs> like it's an ass, right? That's a janky ass game. Uh, but I felt like it had some promise. And watching Outcast 2, it looks like they've totally changed the gameplay style, especially mm-hmm. even just with the traversal. It almost reminded me of Just Cause. Um, oh, yeah. It, it looked pretty fun. And, and the, voice t- the voice acting talent sounded real good. Um, so I'm curious to see more of Outcast 2 before I get on board. Um, but I did like uh, some of the stuff they showed gameplay-wise. I'm actually realizing on this thing I didn't see a bunch of trailers. So I'm curious about a bunch of other things. But um, like I didn't 
see Summer of Stunts, I don't oh, Stunt Fest. I didn't see that. Or the AEW game, which I probably won't play anyways. Um I'll have to watch all these trailers after. I will say I'm curious about Alone in the Dark, but I'm a little burned by the last Alone in the Dark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't know that I'm gonna be quick to jump into a new Alone in the Dark because that would be like that whole fool me twice, shame on me thing. Uh so I'm not going to get too excited about it. I know. Well, that's also burns me a lot too. Yeah. Uh, Liking spooky games and not getting great spooky. So I'm curious about Lone in the Dark. I thought I could watch a trailer with my son in the room and it quickly opens with like a girl hanging herself. So I was like, oh, I guess I have to turn this off. It was a doll. It was a doll that got hanged. But then she goes to hang herself. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. Sorry. I thought you just meant like the first scene. Yeah. I was like, oh. Because that for me, I was like, "Oh, oh, is it all okay?" <laughs> yeah, it's like goodness gracious. Because even had a war, a content warning, and I was, yeah, and then my wife just looks at me. She goes, "No," <laughs> so I'm like, "Okay, turn it off." <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'll uh, and I'll keep my eyes on Alone in the Dark to see how how that shapes up. How about you? What what were your uh, highlights well, for this one? What I keep getting surprised by when it comes to THQ Nordic. Is that they have obviously a gazillion studios now and a bazillion IP. Like thinking about like Alone in the Dark, I was like, does that name really hold any weight? Like, do I want to play an Alone in the Dark game, or would I be more excited about a totally new horror game with that had no ties or baggage to a previous series? Right? Yeah. Like, are there enough people who love the original Alone in the Dark that they can forgive? Because if I recall. It was a, a it was a game. DOS game. <laughs> yeah, like but who have had like positive experiences with Alone in the Dark and they're like, oh, I'm really excited it's back. Or would it be better to do something different? I think about that too, because they're like um remaking Gothic One. I watched and I'm like I watched a trailer for three minutes and nothing was happening, and I'm like, is this like a mind exploring simulator? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean it, it just it really I, I don't always know what um they're like how do they decide like maybe there's a whole bunch of people who loved gothic one from like 2001 like i know it was a, right. a well-loved game back then like from a like critical reception if i recall but i don't i don't know i didn't wasn't aware of a ton of people being like we need another gothic one yeah and that's just what really surprises me that you know and how they're you know again destroy all humans too like redoing that game i i get it and obviously it's working for them they seem to be making money still um but it, it just is really interesting to me um, what games they choose to make and what remasters they choose to do. So for me, there's like no game that I was like, oh, I absolutely want to play that. Yeah. But all of the games I am very interested to see how they do once they come out. I would agree that probably um, Outcast 2 was probably the game that I was like most interested in yeah. because it's third person action and I love third person action. Um, but other than that, everything else for me, I was like, well, that's, interesting that's different like they they overall have a pretty broad variety they have some rts in there well they had a couple of rts a lot of rts call. in here yeah. yeah a lot of rts now that i say that but people there are there are that there is that rts community which hasn't gotten a ton recently you know so they're filling some gaps they're kind of you know helping us build out that year you know that whole swimming in sevens thing like we have to have those seven games and i think thq north does a really good job of releasing them and it kind of helps you know, I don't, I don't know that they have a game right now that I'm like going to jump out and buy on day one, though I guess I technically bought Tiny Tina's on day one and they're owned by THQ Nordic now. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It, it's just interesting about watching this and being 
completely whelmed, right? Like yeah. not being like, that's amazing. Not being like, oh, these were all horrible, but being like, that was completely fine. Yeah, I agree. So, awesome. Well, listeners, if you have a THQ Nordic game in the future you're excited about, let us know. Because uh, there's probably some that uh, I forgot about. Uh, side note, did you watch the Splatoon 3 Direct? No. Okay, I didn't think so. <laughs> did you? I didn't know. I, I did, actually. Not when it was on live. I did. I watched it at lunch at work. Um, it was really weird because it really seemed like they assumed I knew nothing about Splatoon, which probably is helpful, right? Like to get new people on. But I was like, ooh, boy. Um, I really how, much, how much time do they spend on Salmon Run? <laughs> uh, a little, uh, quite a bit. A too I mean, much, it was 30 right? <laughs> minutes. It was 30 minutes. The whole direct was. So. Sheesh. Um, but yeah. So are you going to get Splatoon 3? Heck no. <laughs> okay. I, was, I was like, I didn't think you liked Splatoon. I, I think it's pretty fun. But You know what happened? Uh, I got Splatoon 2. I actually enjoyed playing it yeah. until everyone stopped playing it. That's true. One is so their multiplayer systems are just so. For me, that's every Switch game. Oh, you gotta get Mario Golf. We're all gonna play it. It's gonna be awesome. And I'm like, great. So I got, I get it. I play, I play once with a group of people, (laughs) and the game is terrible without other people. Right. You know, like I'm like, I can't keep doing this, guys. I got Splatoon two. I played a good amount, and then nobody played anymore. And then like, yeah. oh yeah, we just play uh Friday nights, uh community nights at like ten PM. I'm like, oh great, okay. Enjoy your Splatoon too. <laughs> <laughs> that is always the hard thing is when when playing times just don't line up. So Yeah, don't get a game just because other people tell you to get a game. Get a game because you want to play it. Right. And then also Not- maybe you can play with other people. That's true. That's good advice. That's good advice. Uh Josh, any listener questions, emails, anything like that this week? negative Go all right well let's move let's wrap the show up and let's move on to our recommendations for a well-rounded life obviously we're a gaming podcast but we want to give you one other thing we're currently into that is helping us live that well-rounded life josh what is your recommendation this week well uh it's too early for this to be a recommendation but i do want to point out that peacock now has resident alien streaming on it which is a show on sci-fi that i've always wanted to watch with alan Tudic playing oh yeah an alien disguised as a human and uh, I watched almost all the first episode tonight I had to stop because we were recording because um, I started late and it's very funny and very charming um, so you get a half recommendation out of that because I don't know where the show is going okay it could be terrible but it's on like season three so it's probably good if it's still getting shows made um, but I wanted to say it is fair and festival season officially. So it get is. out to a local fair or festival. We went to the Italian festival that's down the street from my house on Saturday. COVID really took its toll. There was almost nobody there. There was almost no um, vendors there. The kids area had no carnival rides, just an inflatable bouncy house. So it really okay. hit them real hard. Um, and I went to the Italian festival and guess what I got for food? What did you get for food? I got pulled pork in a bread cone (laughs) (laughs) at the Italian festival. That's how little vendors were there. Um, but that being said, uh, we also went to a kid's fest at the, at the baseball field today, uh, which was Small also, but fun for him. We get to run the the warning track at the baseball field. Oh, fun. uh, Which was a lot of fun. My son and I ran that. 
Although he wanted to give up on me halfway through. And then he started holding his like lower rib. And I was like, oh boy, is he going to have lung problems? <laughs> uh, but that was a lot of fun. We get a bunch of more stuff coming up. So uh, I would say encourage people, look at your town, your city, your states, fairs and festivals coming up. And uh, if you feel like it's COVID safe or monkeypox safe or just safe yeah. in general, um, go have some fun and support some local businesses and get out there, have some food, buy some crafts and enjoy yourself. Have a couple of beers while you're at it. So uh, it's the time the to I- do it. Yeah, the Iowa State Fair started on Thursday. There you go. And the Iowa State Fair is a big deal in Iowa. Lots, lots of people like to go to it. Uh, Josh, guess who I am missing as the grandstand artist tonight? Well, when you say artist, what do you mean? Like the, the singer slash band who's performing tonight? Hootie and the Blowfish. No, I Demi mean Lovato. Darius Rucker. Demi Lovato, Demi, really? Demi Lovato. Wow, yeah. she's playing fairs now. <laughs> she has uh, fair enough money. We gotta, we gotta get her back into venues. <laughs> so, so yeah. So Demi Lovato is the headliner tonight at the Grandstand Entertainment. Now, I will say it is kind of all over the place because, uh, like last night was Nelly. So you know, wow, Nelly Furtado. No, Nelly the rapper Nelly. Oof. <laughs> but I mean, it is very interesting though because, like, they also have like Carrie Underwood and Keith Urban. So, like, it's very all over the place as far as like the level of quality of the acts who headline the grandstand. It just depends. Oh, on Oh, look at who's coming to. Okay, so my big festival, uh-huh. the Big E, they call it the Eastern States Exposition. Yeah, Nelly. <laughs> <laughs> Debbie Lovato. Uh, just Nelly. Uh, okay. Leonard Skinner. Okay. Bring me the horizon. Oh. G Easy. Uh huh. And Dropkick Murphys. Oh, and Sublime with Rome. Gotcha. Uh, I mean, all in different dates. Dropkick Murphys put on a good show. Yeah, that actually would be, and that's included with admission. So, I don't know. I, you know, Bring Me the Horizon. I don't know. Does their musical tra- transfer translate well live? I've never heard them live. Ooh, so I, uh, I don't. Oh, also KT Tunstall, oh, the Yardbirds, okay. Everclear, Canned Heat. DJ Jazzy Jeff. But no Fresh Prince? LFO and Ryan Cabrera. Oh, fresh, oh, Will Smith's wow. too busy. Uh, Alien Ant Farm. Wow. The Baja Men. John Waite. <laughs> American <laughs> Authors. Yeah. Oh, that was like, that was the quarter of honor stage. That wasn't even the big stage. Dang. And then some other people. Some uh, Michelle Branch looking chick. Not Michelle Branch. Uh interesting yeah i you know i never ever go to the concert parts of the fairs so i never even really look at who's playing when or where but now um, you have me I, looking well and that's what's always funny is like i uh you know how i know i'm old is when um when you I have to say that things, sentence <laughs> well that number one uh is when i look at like Lollapalooza's lineup and I'm like, oh shoot, I don't know who that headliner is. That's how I know I'm old. Is like, oh yeah, when I'm just like, ah, okay, Lollapalooza, you're the big one of the big shows. I I don't know who that person is. Um, so yeah, oh, it just happened, Lollapalooza. Yeah, Lollapalooza last just yep, it just happened. Yeah, it's always like the last weekend in July or first weekend in August, depending on how the days of the week, like the date falls. How do you know who so, the headliner is? The last person to go on. The fir- it's always like the biggest, the first one. So like Thursday was Metallica, Friday was Dua Lipa, oh, and okay, Machine Gun okay. Kelly. 
So, but on Saturday, like I, I've heard of J. Cole. I think J. Cole's a rapper. I don't know any more than that. I have no idea who Kygo. I have no idea. Kygo, yeah, I know who that is. Yeah, I have no clue. I've never even heard of Kygo. No, Kygo and Tay Dollar Sign. Oh, are they the same? Are Greg, they, do, Greg, they, don't come at me. I have. Every, <laughs> Greg's gonna. Uh, sorry for the listeners. And then like Sunday, like Green Day. I know who Green Day is. I have n- no idea who J Hope is. I. I don't know who J Hope is, or Polo and Pan, or Denzel Curry. <laughs> so, yeah. So you know that's yeah. But anyway. That's how I know I'm getting old when I'm like, oh boy. I you know can't. Willow is there, right? Who Willow is? Yeah, Willow Smith. Like we're not Yes, yes, we're not talking about the movie Willow. We're talking yeah, I know who She Willow whips is. her hair back and forth. <laughs> she whips her hair back and forth. <laughs> I heard of that girl. <laughs> so uh okay, cool. So yeah, so go to your festival, see who's playing. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be fun. Um I was actually watching a <laughs> so we're been kind of been preparing for like our trip for to Disney and mm. They have a um, so we've been watching some videos and things like that just on YouTube, like while we're eating dinner and stuff. And we were watching this video about the um, uh, oh my gosh, the Food and Wine Festival that yeah. happens in Epcot. Yeah, because uh, it'll still be going on when we're there. Oh, nice. Um, and they have and they have this like beats and eats thing that goes on where there's like live concerts that happen that for free, like while you're eating your food. Yeah. So these people were recording this video talking about like kind of ranking like the food things that they had had while like the beats and eats was going on and like i was sitting i'm like tonic is totally the one who's playing because i know the song oh, like, nice <laughs> i was like i wonder if they're gonna get dmca for that but anyway um so yeah go to fairs go to festivals it's fun that's a great uh recommendation josh that's where this all started from thanks yeah uh, my, rec- going. <laughs> uh, my recommendation is a movie that is on amazon prime uh that movie is called 13 lives josh are you familiar with said movie yeah, I almost watched it like three times this weekend. <laughs> oh, it, it's really good. It's really long. It's like two and a half hours. Yeah. Um, so it's a very, very long movie, but it is a Ron Howard joint, if you would. Um, and it stars Vijo Mortensen and Colin Farrell. And basically, it's the r- dramatic reenactment, I guess, or the dramatic the dramatic story of the rescue of the 12 soccer players and their coach in Thailand that got stuck in a cave. Um if you are interested in the in a more I don't know real life version of the story, there is a documentary on Disney Plus called The Rescue, which is also very very good. Um, I I think you could watch them in either order. I've seen both; they're both excellent. Yeah. Um, I, what I will say about this version of it, this um, dramatized version of it, is that Ron Howard does a really really good job of making you feel extremely claustrophobic while you're watching this movie. Um, so one of the biggest things, and I and this really came from like the original documentary, but even to now, the thing that I can't get over is like most people know the story, right? In 2018, these kids and their the these kids and their coach go into this cave. It rains really hard while they're in there. Suddenly they're trapped and it's gonna become monsoon season. So it's not like this cave is going to drain anytime soon. So how do we save these people, right? I always knew they got saved. Spoilers for for your uh, old thing. Like I was in the news everywhere. Like I, I think it's kind of known that they they were saved. Yeah. How they saved them though, I never knew. Did they have someone playing Elon Musk in the movie? <laughs> I don't think so. Really? No. Wow, that's crazy. I don't. Th- I'm trying to think now. As much as I hate I th- to give him credit for anything, <laughs> he was a big part <laughs> of that. <laughs> uh, I, well, I'm trying to think if he's even how much he's even in the documentary crazy yeah but anyway <laughs> um 
so anyway, long and short of it, like, wait, how was he involved? He he started to get involved with the rescue attempt on how to do it. And he didn't he he sent in one of his machines to like uh I don't want to misspeak. I'm pretty sure he sent in one of his things like to figure out how to get in and how deep they were and 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 uh air and all that kind of stuff. Interesting. Because I don't think he's like ever mentioned. I know misremembering isn't a word, but I feel like maybe it's possible I'm misremembering, but I'm pretty sure he got like super involved like immediately. And I could be totally wrong. Or people listening could be like, yeah, Josh is right. <laughs> Have more confidence in yourself, Josh. <laughs> I'm going to stay quiet. So oh, okay. He... Quiet. Okay. Sorry. I was looking it up. Um, he so he sent some engineers and a small submarine, but it was never used. Okay, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> okay. So so I fed into I like, the propaganda. <laughs> so I was like, what? Um, but he just sent engineers. Um, but anyway, backing all of that up. Yeah, yeah. But the so the actual story of like what happens, what these divers do, how they get the kids out, is fascinating it is so interesting and even just like what the divers need to do to get to them and get it mind-blowing absolutely mind-blowing what people can do it really is kind of something else so whether you want to see the dramatic version of it with 13 lives whether you want to watch the documentary of it with the rescue either way i think they're both worth a watch they're both very very good um the rescue is quite a bit shorter it's only about an hour 45 whereas 13 lives is like i said two and a half hours uh but it's great i enjoyed the whole thing um i think they're both i i would I like them both. I would recommend them both, but honestly, either one, um, I think you're going to have a good time. So nice. 13 lives on Amazon prime or the rescue on Disney plus either one. Great, great watching Josh. What do you say? We wrap this show up. Let's do it. Thanks for joining us, everyone. In addition to finding us on Twitter and Instagram at board with Fiji, you can find us on Facebook at Facebook. Jeez. At facebook.com slash board with Fiji. So feel free to give us a five star rating over there. Also, if you want to communicate in the more long form or you're just not feeling social media, please feel free to reach out to us via email at boardwithfiji at gmail.com. We tag our stuff with hashtag boardwithfiji, so please use that hashtag as well on all the social medias and whatever podcast service you're listening to us on. We encourage you to give us a stellar rating. That is, whether you're downloading us from the Dice Tower Network feed or our very own standalone board with video games feed you can find me on xbox Live, playstation network steam etc at why so serious s-i-r-r-i-u-s kyle where can people find you so you can find me on all the usual places twitter instagram playstation network xbox live board game geek all at psychocross c-y-c-o-c-r-o-s-s as always if you have suggestions for future topics be sure to reach out to us on the social media because we want to talk about what you want to hear about and remember everyone whether it be board games or video games Never stop gaming. Kyle. Josh. Sounds like Rost. I just wanted to uh, send you a little message. I believe you've known each other for quite some time. But... You've never met in person. Well, as an outsider, I understand that. But keep training. 
Keep focused on each other, have each other's backs, and keep broadcasting that podcast. You're doing God's work. All right, guys. Take care of yourselves. Best of luck. Rost. <laughs>